0: Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. We're your hosts, Lauren and Adam.
1: We dive headfirst into conversations, breaking down things like religion and purity culture, sex, spirituality, and the world around us.
0: Although we now consider ourselves to be somewhere between agnosticism and mystical atheism, we often speak from our experiences, from our time spent in the Christian music industry and religious upbringing.
1: We bring on a variety of guests to hear their story and help demystify topics that we were once taught to fear or ignore. Expanding the lenses through which we see the world.
0: We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Kat Harris. She is the host of the Refined Collective podcast and co-founder of the online publication, The Refined Woman. Her first book, Sexless in the City, hit bookstores April 2021. She coaches and equips women all over the world in dating, relationships, singleness, sexuality, faith, and how to build a renewed and healthy Biblical sexual ethic rooted in freedom, truth, and grace, as opposed to the oh so common shame and fear narratives so many experienced growing up in evangelical culture. She believes in the power of story, that done is better than perfect, quality triumphs quantity, and that the journey truly is the destination. Ultimately, her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, worth, and value, and to experience untapped freedom and joy in their lives, regardless of their relationship status. Kat, welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh my gosh. That is a very aggressive (laughs) bio
0: I have there. Hey, you know what? I like the bio. I did, (laughs) however, cut out one piece that I will mention now, which is that you love ranch, and I know you saw my story today. How I said I didn't choose the ranch life the ranch life (laughs) chose me.
2: I um. need that on painted on my wall as a headboard, as a t-shirt. I feel like you have a real you have a real idea on your hands.
0: Right? So like for you, <laughs> what's like your what's like the most random thing you like ranch on?
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I mean I like what I what do I not like ranch on? I mean, I will put ranch on my soup. In your soup?
1: Oh, that is yeah. very strange. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. it's I mean, we, we, n- we put I mean, sour
0: cream in soup,
1: right? That's, yeah. that's fair. And aioli. I mean, well, no, that's not aioli, soup. You know? I, um, I you know see. what? I fully support you in your soup ranch.
0: You. Ranch is so good. Uh, I mean, this isn't that crazy, but I do truly love ranch with my pizza. Oh, hell yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's literally a pizza's. Perfect compliment. Mm. Yeah. That's yes.
2: Fair. Okay. This is a legit question. What's your favorite ranch?
0: Okay. It's <laughs> Hidden <laughs> Valley for sure. However, oh, I do need to say, I don't know if you noticed in my story, but I have the plant powered. So it's the it's non-dairy. And no egg. And no what? egg. What? Um, and so they make the best, Hidden Valley, first of all, I just think had the best ranch to begin with period that's what i think but then they came out with a vegan one which i've tried all the vegan ranches and only hidden valley hits the mark so wow that's my opinion Wait. hidden valley please sponsor me peace and love <laughs> all right what about you what about
2: you well question are you guys vegan yeah, yeah. got it okay i was like because sometimes vegan stuff is really good even if you're not vegan right, right. Oh, i for love sure. there's this like vegan <laughs> cupcake shop A gluten-free vegan cupcake shop in new york and it's so freaking good and well it's because it's all sugar sometimes it hits
0: yeah like sugar and sweet potatoes yeah literally (laughs) just it's literally just sugar that's the only thing keeping it together at all
1: it's the only thing keeping us together at all too
0: (laughs) same same
2: (laughs) same so my favorite ranch is from chili's the restaurant what (laughs) The it's fact the that you frequented
1: ranch. this place enough to know that it's the best ranch is, is well, my favorite I was, part. I
2: was a waiter there. It was like, the, it's the only job I've ever gotten fired from.
1: Congratulations. Because, but,
0: Took all know, the ranch. Thank
2: you so much. But <laughs> there, growing up in high school, there was like a Chili's to go by my high school. And so we would get the chips and salsa and ranch and just stay there for five hours like assholes and just <laughs> like we're, we're 10 people eating like a dollar 99 bottles of
1: and drinking um, ranch but,
2: and drinking. oh yeah so good i also love the hidden valley ranch packet and if you mix it with sour cream let Ooh. me tell you
1: interesting Ooh, it's like
2: more, more yeah. bang for your buck
1: it's, it's like the right thickest here. ranch yeah thick ranch so, like triple it's, c it's, thick ranch
0: oh yeah it's like dip Yeah, there you go. There you go. That makes sense to me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, now now that everyone knows that this is what this podcast episode is about. Yeah. (laughs) Go get your ranch. Enjoy it. Go make some dip and then listen to the rest of the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So besides ranch, um, there are other things that you are passionate about, which I read in your bio. Um, (laughs) And I love it. I mean, you're a busy woman. Um, you also are a photographer. I read that as well, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Incredible. Um, your accolades are awesome. Um, but let's talk about, well, let's, let's talk about your book. Um, let's kind of start there. Sexless in the city. Um, how, how did you become (sighs) the sexless Carrie Bradshaw? Like how did that come (sighs) about? Like why, why, why that? Why sexless in the city?
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, do I have a story for you? Woo! It all started <laughs> back. Well, so I basically what happened is I grew up in the South in in Texas during the height of the purity culture. I know you are very familiar with that. Yes. But you know, definitely I kissed dating goodbye, went to youth group, had my purity ring. And I was very heavily in church culture, worked for my church, worked at Christian camps in college, and never really questioned not having sex. Yeah. I just thought, okay, this is what I've been told is God's best. And I love Jesus. And so I'm going to do this. And I also became, over time, super shut down to my sexuality and my desire really disconnected from my body because i really internalized these narratives from the church that men are sexual women are not men are men are so weak that they cannot take responsibility for the sexual decisions that they make so as women we are not only in charge of our sexual purity but the weight of an entire gender's sexual integrity is also on our shoulders so i was terrified of someone like making a boy sin Mm -hmm. or being responsible for being attacked or being harmed. And so shut down. I was terrified of my body. I was scared of men for many reasons, but I also really longed for relationship and intimacy. But when you're really shut down your sexuality and your body and men, it's really hard to date. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it makes for quite the conundrum. Yeah. So (laughs) I ended up, so I left Texas, graduated with a Bible major, moved to Southern California, which is like the second Bible Belt, in my opinion and experience. Mm. And then I moved to New York City, uh, upwards of a decade ago. And right around that time, I moved to New York. I was doing a ton of work. I started doing a lot of therapy and emotional intelligence workshops and embodiment workshops And really coming to a place where I was realizing, oh, my body isn't bad. My body tells really truthful things. And my sexual desire and my sexuality is actually a part of the God design, which means that it's not only really good, but that regardless if I'm in a relationship or not, there's beautiful ways that that can manifest. So I dated like, I think my first year in New York, I dated more than I had dated in a whole decade. I was like dancing on tables and making out guys at bars and, (laughs) you know, just falling in love, getting ghosted, kind of all those things. And really I, what happened is I ended up falling in love with a guy who wasn't a Christian and he was the first guy I'd ever dated. That wasn't a Christian. And on the first night I went home with him and I'd never done that before. And We didn't have sex, but it was pretty much everything but. And I remember driving home in a cab that morning back to Brooklyn and being like, whoa, like, in the matter of a few hours, like, I barreled through these boundaries that I've had for decades. And I actually don't feel guilty about it. And I don't really know what to do with that. And so kind of fast forward we ended up breaking up for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons being like, I couldn't figure out if I wanted to have sex or not. Cause I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like I've waited, I'm almost 30 and I've waited all these years, but like, I don't know what I want to do anymore. Yeah. And so we ended up breaking up because not having sex was a deal breaker for him. And I just was on in this crossroads, like in my faith, kind of before deconstruction was the thing. Basically, what I did is I went on like a five year deconstruction (laughs) journey of the church and sexuality and purity culture. And basically, I my friend who isn't a Christian, I was like, hey, hey, best friend, I'm going to start having sex now. And she was like, no, you need to figure out what the hell you believe you need to pray to your God, you need to read your Bible and figure out what is your sexual ethic. And she said, whatever you decide it to be, I support you. But I don't want you to just like make a rash decision just because you feel sick of not having sex, Mm. you need to really be willing to do the work. And so the book is sort of the culmination of that journey that I went on the questions that I asked. And I feel like, most journeys you're you start off oh i'm just gonna ask this one question what does the bible really say about sex and then it was like the one question turned into like 307 years later and like a thousand books read later
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure so after so after purity culture and um that five-year deconstruction and maybe some people who are listening um are tuning in and they are maybe just coming out of a purity culture kind of uh, place in their life um you did mention sexual ethic and se- mm-hmm. uh, sexual integrity um do you want to just kind of explain to us what that means to you look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed, so you don't have to download the new bumble now
2: for sure so I think why I use those terms as opposed to like purity? I feel like in the church it was always you know your sexual purity you gotta you gotta be pure and i I still feel really triggered by that language. Mm. And I also think that there's some beliefs underneath those statements that feel really out of alignment with what I actually believe about who God is. Yeah. And I think that anything, any sort of narrative or belief that says I can earn my seat at the table with God, Mm. whether that be what I do or do not do between my legs, whether that's who I am or am not attracted to anything that says I can earn God's love, I believe is out of alignment with the Bible, with who I know God to be. And so when I say sexual ethic or sexual integrity, What I'm saying is, what are my beliefs from the inside out rooted in integrity and freedom as opposed to so much of church narratives, purity, culture narratives, which is here's a list of do's and don'ts. Don't think about sex. Don't talk about having sex. Don't think about thinking about having sex. It's all bad, wrong, gross, and dirty. And so, for me, what I realized in that journey is I actually didn't have any sort of internal motivator as to why I wasn't having sex. I just wanted to be a good Christian because I was told externally good Christians do XYZ and they don't do ABC. And so, I had no sort of internal, like from the inside out, heart motivation. And I think God really cares about our hearts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then and, after and you so, had that, yeah. like the, your best friend, you know, told you mm-hmm. to have that conversation with God, right? And to kind of be mm-hmm. like, all right, well, if if I'm not just adhering to what essentially the rule wasn't even necessarily mm-hmm. what your heart was telling you. Um, when you prayed or whatever you would call it, what what did you receive? Like, is that the time whenever oh you gosh. were like, I'm not going to have sex? Or did you decide, yes, I'm going to now? Yeah,
2: oh man, I don't even. I feel like I, I. For me, it was never like this moment where I was like, "Aha, yeah, <laughs> here's what I'm gonna do," and everything is clear. I mean, even today, like I interviewed a a couple for my podcast. They were just on the Gwyneth Paltrow Sex Love and Goop mm. as sex up experts, and we're talking about well, what is sex, right? And like, how yeah. are we defining sex? is sex just penis inside a vagina? Like do heterosexual couples only experience sex? Mm. What if you're one of the three fourths of vulva owners who only climax externally? Can you not have good sex? Mm. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, even though I've read a written a book on this, I'm still figuring out like, what do I feel comfortable with? And what, what are my boundaries? I will say what I did find is that there, and I, I, am I use this language. It's it's kind of hard for me, but I say that there's an invitation in scripture to abstain from sex until marriage. Mm. Like I, there's like, there's kind of no way around it. <laughs> like it's, it's 24 times in the new Testament. There's this phrase called sexual immorality, which is the word pornea, which means a lot of things. And primarily when it's referred to, it's referred to as a, um, like not abusing your power, right. <laughs> whether yeah. it's your sexual power or your position. Um, it refers to like pedophilia, um, prostitution, um, sex slavery, like stuff like that. But it also in Hebrew culture was this general term for like any sort of sexual activity outside of marriage. Yeah. And so I think for me, I ended that journey in my book being like, you know what? I think that I still am going to choose to withhold like vaginal intercourse until marriage. But I also now believe that sex is so much more than just intercourse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And
2: so, and I'm also not willing to wait for all of those other things until marriage. Mm. So
0: Am I? So are you waiting par- for sex or not? <laughs> you know, it's like what? Yeah, like- it's
2: like well, I don't know. I'm having my ha- I'm having oral sex, but I'm not having penetrative sex. And a lot of people will be like, "Well, I'm going to have anal sex, but do not do hand jobs." You know, Right. Or- right. And so <laughs> right. I think it's kind of still hard for me to answer because I'm still on that journey. I think. Right. For me, it wasn't even like scripture that it, that made me feel like, you know, I do see real value in abstaining from certain physical activities until I'm in a long-term committed relationship. Mm. But that was not, it wasn't scripture. It was like the scientific research I did about right. what happens neurologically in our brains when we orgasm with another person mm. and when we experience pleasure and um, what is it to hold stand high in my worth? What is it to um, not allow the physical to cloud my judgment and discernment to decide is this person even a good fit for me mm-hmm. outside right. of our you know let's rip each other's clothes off? Like are our values in alignment? Do we, do they want kids? Like right. You know where are we both headed in life? And so I I kind of ended that journey being like wow I do think like with God the physical is never about the physical. It's always this, like, invitation to the spiritual. I think, like, sex is this beautiful, amazing experience. And I do want to reserve some of that stuff for marriage. But also, like, if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and like, that's not a cop-out for me to be like, oh, well, if it happens, whoopsies. Right. It's like, no, like, I'm tired of letting my virginity be mesh in my relationship with God. Mm. Yeah. Because, like, I don't think that God cares as much about that as we think.
0: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree. And, I mean, thank you for being open about it. It's like it is that's what sexual integrity is about is for everyone has their own version of sexual integrity and what that means to them. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the first um, one of the first things that I knew about you when I first learned about you Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was actually through a mutual friend of ours and Mm -hmm. um, I I think they were just like she's sex positive but she's made the decision to wait to have sex whatever whatever and I was like okay that's interesting because a lot of people that I I will say even that we've had on the podcast um, Mm -hmm. you know are have kind of gone through, like, as even Brenda has called it, her trampage stage (laughs) or uh, things like that. And you're also one of our more uh, Christian identifying uh, guests. Mm -hmm. You even Mm -hmm. reference the Bible um, (laughs) and, you know, the, the verses that you have found that have helped you um, map out what it is, what sexual integrity is for you, even if it's not the decision maker, it does help you kind of mm-hmm. make those decisions. Um, mm-hmm. So I did want to kind of talk about that and your yeah. your journey with um, more the like the religious side uh, yeah. of your. I mean, the whole deconstruction thing it, obviously is very rooted in religion, but yeah. um, now after those those years of deconstruction, and you have mm. this book out now. Um, is there I, I want you to kind of tell us your story and how you relate to the Bible, you relate to the Christian story, um, as someone who still identifies as Christian, but no longer necessarily fits a lot of the things that people assume about Christians. Yeah.
2: Oh man. I mean, first of all, it's hard. I think it's just hard being a human. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Let alone. I like I feel like when my book came out was like the most inconvenient time in my entire life for me to have a public microphone. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, you know, I worked through the sexuality stuff for about six years in private with my Mm -hmm. real time community asking like tons of questions to leaders, mentors, friends, like religious people, non-religious people, like doing research constantly. And then by the time my book comes out, like, I believe so much of what's in there, but I'm also still evolving and growing. Right. And it it has felt really hard because I'm at a whole other place in my faith where basically I'm deconstructing a whole other side of my faith now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling someone like the week my book came out, like, I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. <laughs> like I was like, I'm either like not a Christian at all. Or I'm a more authentic, like Christian than I've ever been before. Mm. Because the me 10 years ago would definitely think the me today is like needs saving.
0: Right. For sure. It leads yeah. me to my next question is like, yeah. is your has your community, has your audience evolved with you? Or have you seen drop-offs as you have kind of evolved and changed as the years have gone by?
2: yeah well, first, I feel like I'm navigating a space that feels really it feels really lonely, yeah, and I don't really know like where my people are yet,
0: yeah like yeah. you and
2: I recently connected, and you know we are friend- we are mutual friends with Brenda, but for a lot of years, I was like mega in what I call like the bubblegum Christian world mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. you know like mainstream evangelical culture i was doing dating coaching wasn't really talking about anything controversial and yeah. then you know start talking about sexuality start talking about things like masturbation start talking about race politics lgbtq issues right. and i mean yeah. i lost 6000 followers in one day this
0: year wow Jeez. wow and
2: i and that happened twice in the last year
1: yeah
2: and so i would say Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely have been disinvited from most of evangelical mainstream Christian culture. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, I also haven't like swung the total other way where I feel like my faith is completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I still love God. I, I still feel like, I like, I still feel like Jesus is like a story that I'm kind of willing to be wrong about. Mm -hmm. but I feel like I am really trying to figure out what that looks like. I started reading through the, I was a Bible major in college. I've like read through the Bible a few times and I started reading the Bible. I was going to do like the Bible in a year in January and come February, I had to stop it because I was like, this is so triggering for me right now. Like I'm finding, I'm seeing so many problems in scripture and abuse of power and oppression that I think because of the deconstruction I've done in the last few years of, even just with sexuality, the more I research sexuality, it's like, you can't be talking about sexuality and not see, talk about the oppression of women or the oppression of minorities. And so I, I feel like I am in an interesting place personally where I'm like, okay, like, some days I'm like, I don't know if I even believe you, God. And then five <laughs> minutes later, I'm like reading a psalm and I'm like, wait and be still on the Lord. And I'm like, who am I? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also feel like I'm trying to find my place. And I think yeah. so is my community. Right. Because, you know, the more I talk about, the more I talk about whatever it is, whether it's LGBTQ issues or race issues, or I recorded a podcast today on sexual compatibility. And I think for a long time, I was like, these were my thoughts and questions like I've always been this way but I just wasn't this way publicly on the internet with strangers right
1: yeah well because I like feel they like don't
2: want to be rejected
1: I feel like that's the that's the hard part about writing a book and the blessing of hosting a podcast is like right with a book people expect that product out of you right they read the book mm-hmm. she, they read the book two years later they're sitting here today they expect that that's where you're at they're reading as if that's mm. you but mm-hmm. you're somewhere completely different. That was the same thing with, with uh, us and our music career was just like you mm. put on an album that you're already passed a year and a half mm. ago. That's still and people, playing. Yeah. And on that's, the radio. Yeah, honestly.
0: My Christian album is still Christian playing. album
1: of the year. Yeah. Sung by wow. somebody who now is a, a mystical atheist. Yeah. Uh, mm. But it's like. I feel like books and things like that and albums—they you write them in such a season and they can be so vulnerable and they can be so mm-hmm. honest and they can be so definitive of who you are right there, yeah—and help you work through so much of that. But the moment it goes out into the world, it's not you anymore, and yeah. But I mean, I get that—that's kind of a cliche that people say that once once you put it out, it's it's not yours anymore. It's everybody who listens to it or reads it. It's theirs, yeah. But like, I feel like that is what the magic of something like a podcast is where you can you can say hey here's where i was even if you're kind of just catching up this is this is mm. who i am on a for you i would imagine just probably similar to us week by week basis saying hey so i'm doing a podcast today and these are the things that i think today and these are the things mm-hmm. that i've been considering this week and yeah and i'm a totally different person than i was yesterday and i'll be a totally different person tomorrow and i feel like that just mm-hmm. gives you so much more grace to actually Maybe find the community that yeah. you're kind of seeking because at least then people can look into those hashtags or those topics or they can be doing research yeah. in those kind of spaces.
2: Yeah, well, and I think I think I bought into this, I don't even know, am I going to call it lie or ideology that I don't even know if it was ever preached or maybe it's just what I expected of myself that like, oh, what I believe about God or, you know what, maybe it was my, my freaking pride, you know, Mm -hmm. like I know that I am right about this and everyone else is wrong. And to shift an inch is to betray myself and to betray my beliefs and to betray God. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I think now is my book is completely truthful and I honor the space that I was at when I wrote wrote it. yeah. And I'm really proud of what I wrote. And I really want people to read it because yeah. I think there's people that are still in evangelical culture that are being really, really hurt by really damaging messages that want to see a different interpretation of scripture that is like still holding scripture to high esteem. Like read that, read this book. And I remember talking with Krista Black Gifford right before my book came out. And I was like, I'm just like, feel like i'm in a mess with my faith and i don't i i'm don't i can't read the bible right now like i don't know if mm. it's real and like does that make me just like the biggest hypocrite ever and she goes no like it's truthful like we're allowed to change right and we're allowed to evolve and we're allowed to come full circle i think i for so long was so afraid of asking the asking the hard question because what if if i ask the hard question it leads me away from my faith or it leads me down a bad path but i feel like what i've experienced over and over and over again is every time i ask the question that might blow the whole thing up mm-hmm. like those are the spaces that i experience like the deepest intimacy with god mm-hmm. and my spirit and with myself and with others and so i think for me, I'm just trying to be open to that process. And it feels really hard to let myself do that. But I also, I just want to be honest about it.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. And social media uh, helps, I feel like in that way, because like, it it can be a, like, you're updating as you go on in life. I mean, always. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, that's been helpful for for me, I mean, this podcast and my Instagram has kind of seen mm. my progress throughout mm. yeah. my, well, throughout my life. I don't even, I can't even say deconstruction anymore because I, mm-hmm. you know, and and we've talked about this on the podcast, but in big ways I feel like I'm, I don't, I'm not really deconstructing a lot right mm. now. Um, mm. But I do, like, I understand that feeling, like, even my Christian music, people talk to me and they're like, um, because like Adam said, it was Christian album of the year in 2019, um, wow. and I won a Juno. <laughs> and so it's like people hear, hear that album, they hear that music and they assume that I'm like embarrassed of it. And I'm like, mm. um, excuse me. No, I worked so hard on that. First of all, mm-hmm. I spent blood, sweat and tears and a lot of money. Um, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of things had to be put into that. So I'm really proud of it, but also When you listen to those songs, also songs, as you know, even with books, like they take a long time to actually even be done. Right. So you Mm -hmm. wrote them even further back than even the release date. And I meant every single word. Mm -hmm. I meant what I said. Um, Mm You know, people are like, well, was that all just lies of like, absolutely not. That was truly me. That was truly what I believed. That's truly what got me through. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's just a testament that I'm a human being yeah that has evolved and that is continuing to evolve and I think it's Mm. I think it's awesome that that was your experience even with you putting out your book and then being like okay now I'm questioning questioning everything (laughs) you know I think it's it makes you relatable it doesn't make it any less doesn't make your your book any less um meaningful or truthful or real Mm. to you or real to the people who are reading it because like you said like it could meet somebody exactly where they are and that's what it's Totally. You know, that's what it could be for in in, in all. Like it could be for those mm-hmm. people who are going through that in that time of their life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think I, I thank you for so much for sharing that. And I'm like, I need to go listen to your album. I'm like what?
0: <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, you can you uh, could go listen to that, but it, it is Christian. It's very, very Christian. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: you know, I was like listen I I went through a breakup recently and I was like I just woke up one morning at 6:30 a.m. and I was like I guess I'm not going back to sleep. What should I do? Mm. And I decided to go to a park in my in Austin. And I just was like blasting worship music yeah. and singing and praying and and so I think part of it is like what is it to give ourselves permission just to be in process. Right. What is right. it Because like when you ask me, oh, so you still identify as Christian, I'm like, yes, but I also feel like it doesn't mean what like a lot of people consider. (laughs) Right. So it's hard for me even to say like, how do you identify right Mm -hmm. now? It's like, I feel like when people say Christian, like, I feel like 80% of the Christians I meet, I'm like, well, I know I'm not that. Right. And I don't want to be that. And I don't want anything to do with that. Um. People so, get so scared my.
0: of the i and people. I feel like a lot of us who have, you know, deconstructed our faith in that way um, have once been in a season of our life where we were told over and over, Hey, don't, don't cherry pick, you know, mm-hmm. like don't be cherry picking. Although that's anybody who ever reads the Bible, they are cherry picking. Yeah. Um, yeah that's sure. just the truth of it. However, mm-hmm. I feel like there's, still that like mentality that we don't allow ourselves to cherry pick the best of our upbringing or our our religion or our whatever that works for us like if you are going through a hard time and you want to turn on some worship songs and that brings you solace like you're allowed to cherry pick that like you're allowed to have that be your the solve for your wound and you're allowed mm. to let those things bring you joy, even whatever it may be, whether mm. it's praying to God, praying to a God or, you know, what everybody has their own things. But then some people, the idea of turning on worship music is literally the biggest trigger that they could possibly totally. think of, you know, and that's their, mm-hmm. that's their right to mm-hmm. not cherry pick that one, to leave that cherry on the tree, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. leave that one there. Um, but then yeah, maybe they're somebody who really still resonates with the Jesus story, and they mm-hmm. talk about Jesus a lot or the Christ a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like you not knowing how to like truly identify, I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a problem. Like, I don't yeah. think mm-hmm. there there are <laughs> there's no deconstruct. <laughs> this is funny, but there's no deconstruct gods basically telling you that you're not allowed to once you've deconstructed use jesus or use worship songs or Mm. show up to a church when you want to like it's there's the point is there are no rules (laughs) that's the whole Mm -hmm. point of it Mm -hmm. the whole point of deconstruction the whole point of like allowing Mm. ourselves the space to grow and evolve is is yeah to not feel like we have to identify with one specific thing as a brand
1: Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode.
2: Totally, but I also feel like that's easier said than done, especially with the post-evangelical or ex-evangelical movement. It's like I feel like shame on both sides of it. Yeah, I feel like evangelicals are like you, heretic. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm the worst. <laughs> and then I feel like ex-evangelicals are like, wait, what? Like right. you're still buying into some of this bullshit. Like we don't want to talk to you either. Like, and you so know, that's yeah, when I kind of said, I feel like I'm tra- I'm navigating this space where it feels kind of lonely because I feel like I kind of get shame from both ends of like, yeah. wait you're you're still like what like gosh you must be an idiot because you've like deconstructed this stuff and still are holding on to some of it like and so I've I think it's been hard to like find like my kind of like find my people in the process Yeah, you know
1: it sounded like that's how you started the process too though like you were talking about how you we're wanting to just kind of throw everything out like purity culture and just kind of go the Mm -hmm. complete opposite direction. And I feel like, I feel like that is what a lot of people do, but um, I feel like that can still be living at effect to the rules because all you're doing is living in opposition to the rules. You're not establishing your own ethic. You're not establishing the way you want to be the community that you want to be surrounded with. And I think, I think we really do need to build something else other than just, flip over to the other side of things
0: right well that's also yeah. why we i mean i wanted to have you on because most of our i feel like a lot of our guests the these days definitely are more on the like very evangelical, you know or, mm-hmm. or they're sex therapists right that's like they have yeah. like their field um and i think there needs to be space for everyone here and mm. um and i mean just I, I don't know what you know for from our beliefs standpoints but for me i'm agnostic atheist and kind of go back and forth um Mm. mystical atheist is what adam said that's what i have coined for myself um (laughs) and although that's like where i'm at that does i have no i get nothing from like trying to tell you how to be and like Mm. that does that literally serves me none like i it doesn't Mm. matter to me at all and i know I know for a fact that we have listeners who very much still identify as Christian and there has to be a space for them. Mm -hmm. And I, what, what, I mean, what would this, I mean, this is my podcast. I can do whatever the heck I want, but at the same time, I do know, I do understand that like a lot of our audience still does identify as Christian, but they want to know how they can hold on to parts of their faith that really mean so much to them Mm -hmm. while also deconstructing their faith. So, just to mm-hmm. encourage you a little bit like there is space mm-hmm. for you and i think that mm-hmm. it's and it doesn't have to be other people who necessarily are christian sex of exactly like you they can be totally. like me who are atheists and say come on like let yeah. me hear you like i want to i yeah. want to talk i want to be friends and i think that's mm-hmm. like i hope that's where we're moving i hope that's where deconstruction yeah. and i hope that's where this progressive loving evangelical community is going to where we're not so Mm. triggered by people Mm -hmm. who know how to identify and those who don't totally yeah because it's almost like at both
2: tables I feel like I feel like I can't really fully be myself because I'm gonna (laughs) really piss someone off yeah and the thing about me is I can't really hide me
0: like Mm -hmm. I am a
2: heart on my sleeve like I'm like, well, I'm going to clomp in here and <laughs> speak my mind. And- yeah. But you got to make some people
0: mad sometimes. I mean, that's when you know yeah. you're doing something. Totally. I mean, that's totally. again, that's easier said than done. But like, that's yeah, always what sure. I look for. I'm like, if I'm getting yeah. no DMs that somebody's mad at me, I oh, yeah. must be doing something not right. Like, I, I need somebody. Yeah, you're just somebody. playing it too safe. <laughs> I'm
2: playing it way too safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know this is your podcast, but can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Yeah. So what has it been like for you guys to like move into different spaces spiritually or unpack, you know, your own deconstruction or even just like, oh, my sexual ethic is different than it was three years ago when we were married or dating or whatever. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's funny you say that. It's funny you say that as as the last piece because that was one of the primary things that launched us us into deconstruction was actually very similar to what you were talking about earlier. And that is, is, what is sex? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because early on, so we both had saved penetrative sex for marriage because we were in purity culture and evangelical Christianity and we were professional Christian
0: friend together. So (laughs) I was his first to everything. Yeah. And
1: so then when, once we actually, you know, got to the wedding bells and then had sex that night, it was like, Oh, this isn't dissimilar from everything we've been doing. Yeah. Mm. This isn't, this isn't some special perfect thing that, that, makes the wait worth it it's not something mm. that uh comes through and and um, makes clear why it is that we waited for this thing to be with just one person it, it it in the opposite regard kind of made everything um that it made everything magical at least for me mm-hmm.
0: yeah i would say for i mean and i don't know like how much you're just kind of being respectful of it, my my situation. So I, when we first started having sex, it was just like not a penetrative sex. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't great for me. And there was just a lot of things for me to navigate. And, um, because like painful. Yeah. You mean, or, yeah. Or, okay. And because of that, I, I just, we had to do other things, you know, things mm-hmm. that we were doing before we got married. And, mm. uh, that made it, seem I was like well this is what boyfriend and girlfriends do I want to feel like we're married mm. I want to feel like we're having sex and so I wow. had all of that in my head right and then as you know time goes by and we're doing all the things we've always done uh we that's when we came to that question right it's like okay well mm. if what we're doing if like you know all this other things if that is sex and an has it always been sex even if we were doing it before we were married and it wasn't it's not penetrative or whatever like is that sex and if it is like is that really so wrong that we did that before we were married and then if that is sex then everybody else is having sex too like right. <laughs> you know so right. it just like kind of opened up like that question what is sex was the thing that led to um uh, LGBTQ, uh, affirming spaces for mm-hmm. us. And, um, I mean, that was, that was one of the elements. There was lots going on in our lives, but mm-hmm. that was a major element for us. And when that, when that started to come together, um, we, we, that's literally when we started a podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we so, I mean, were like okay let's record these conversations ready to go
1: fortunately for us i think uh with that being the primary like driver for where we started into our deconstruction mm. allowing it to be such a vulnerable topic right off the bat kind of made yeah. all the other conversations easier
0: yeah we just literally yeah. straight up talked about sex yeah like, and in then, the uh, most intense ways
1: yeah so we did that and we talked about right off uh, right out of the gates, too, Lauren. Lauren was uh, ahead of me uh, in a lot of different ways in who she was listening to, what she was reading, what she was kind of figuring out and discussing with her people about I deconstruction and religion mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so, and so, she did a lot of work ahead of me, even realizing that she was doing that work and kind of presented it to me. And immediately was like, "Hey, by the way, I resonate more with um, witch and magic and less with uh, Christian and uh, miracle." And it was just a whole um, kind of reimagining of what what words really mean and the weight that they carry. And
0: I was like, here it is. Mm. Get with the program. But Mm. I, I will say I had been working on it so much in my own head that I luckily, luckily was at the point by the time I opened up to Adam about what I had been learning and basically catching him up to where, who I was now. Um, Mm -hmm. I had worked myself to the space where I was like, but it doesn't matter where he is. Like, it doesn't matter to me. It won't affect me. Like how, however he reacts. Like, I don't need him to be on the same page as me because in my heart of hearts, I knew that you would see eventually, but I really, really didn't want you to feel pressured to move fast. Like I, was seemingly moving Hmm. fast yeah
2: well yeah when I was researching I didn't even know I was researching for a book I'm just in the type of person I when I want to learn about something like I go I go deep yeah and I want to learn everything about it I want to ask like every single question and so I feel like I was like deconstructing my faith like Honestly, since the day I became a Christian, I was yeah. like, well, why is that? And I don't know if I believe that. And what about this? And yeah. let me read this book about this. And I think the place that I've gotten to is like, <clears throat> whoever we are, like wherever we are, whatever we do or do not believe, I always want to have a posture of curiosity. Mm. And I always want to come from the place of, you know what, I could be wrong about this. Yeah. I could be really wrong about the whole lot of it. And, because of that, I want to keep learning and listening and reading books and talking to people who believe differently than me, because I feel like though, I feel like we die when we stop growing.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like,
2: yeah. When, once we choose to stop growing, I mean, look at our country in the last few years. It's like the, I think the biggest pain that I've seen in, in my like, families lives and communities and even in our country is like for those of us who don't want to grow mm-hmm.
0: yeah and
2: right. i just feel like i just like never want to be in a place where i'm like i'm 100 certain about this and i'm right and you're wrong i'm like well, yeah, I do think one plus one is two, but if you're saying it's seven, like how did you get there?
0: Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like yes. take talk. me through those steps. Yeah, tell,
2: show me your process.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel you. I mean, I'm I we're the same way. And I think that's what that's what I love about this. That's why I love having these conversations. And I think that Um, like we were talking about before, I just think more people are, should be allowed at this table and not feel threatened by either Mm -hmm. side. And although your, your feelings are validated, I definitely hear what you're saying. I just, my Mm -hmm. hope is that those voices get quieter and then just the Mm -hmm. voice of like love and understanding becomes louder. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So is there anything (laughs) as we wrap up that you would like to say um, to our audience? Anything you would specifically like to plug, your
2: book, my your goodness. coaching, anything like that? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I've been doing a, a monthly online sex ed workshop series awesome. that's been so fun, uh, particularly for people who grew up in abstinent only culture. Mm. We're just doing basic sex ed 101 workshops, and I brought in uh, licensed. PhD sexologist. And so our next one, I don't know when this is going live, but we're doing one on November 11th. So it's going to be super awesome. You can find out about that on my Instagram, The Refined Woman. My book is Sexless in the City. My podcast is The Refined Collective. And yeah, just come hang.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, (laughs) I will be sure to put all of that in the description of the episode. Um, And to everyone who has been listening, we thank you. We love you.
1: And until next time. Bye. Bye.